there are times that we come in and we have brilliant strategies and we just like, man, how did I come up with that? I'm such a genius. And there's other times it's the most basic things of like, hey, you've got a lot of realized gains. You need to cash those out and set them in a bank account. As you have taxable events, make sure you're cashing those out because if the market goes down, you don't want to be left holding the bag on yep. this token when it was worth 10 times what it will be next year. Well, I'm excited to welcome to the show the Crypto Tax CPA, Micah Frame. How we doing, man? Good. Thanks for having me, buddy. So crypto's had a wild, well, a wild journey if you take the overall picture of it uh, in timeline, but specifically over the last, you know, uh, six months or so. And, you know, I know you invest in it. I know you help people who invest in it. You strategize around, you know, obviously the investment portion, but most particularly the the tax side of it. So I know we're going to dig into some technical stuff here today. That being said, take me back, man, on, on your journey into the crypto world and becoming the crypto tax CPA. Yeah, so like a lot of things that largely happened on accident because our niche for the past been practiced about 10 years. And within a few years, we really started focusing either on online businesses or people with very like growth centric businesses, just, just dynamic situations where things are changing a lot. So things are changing a lot. Then there's tax strategies that you have to implement. If you've had the same situation for 30 years, there's not a lot of variance. So there's not a whole lot I need to update in terms of your planning. So that's what we've, we've been dealing with that for a long time. And since a lot of our clients are online based or tech based, they're a little bit more skewing towards being interested in crypto anyway. So we're learning it partially for them. I always say, that, like everyone else in 2017, during the initial coin offering craze, I bought like three grand of crypto that pretty immediately turned into one grand of crypto. So I just forgot about it. I'm like, this is garbage. Forget this stuff. Like the peak, we already hit the peak. I'm you know, I'm chasing after yesterday's hot trend and just left it there. And a couple by 2020, I checked and it had turned into like six or nine grand. So not crazy money, but obviously a solid return. Right around that time, I had a, pro a client who was involved in a crypto project. And it was the first time that a specific crypto project made sense to me. I understood the utility of it. So with that, it was a node project. So I bought a few nodes was got deeper in the space then you find another project you like when you're networking with people on discord and that you just keep going and very quickly as i just became more enamored with the space and messing around with it just to understand the mechanics of how it works i realized there's i'm like okay so what do i do for this thing how do i deal with the airdrops i'm receiving how do i deal with this and you realize very quickly there's next to no guidance out there from the irs specific to crypto so that's really how we started was a little bit for our clients, a little bit for ourselves. But once we really dove into it, realizing, man, there's no guidance out there. And there's maybe like a dozen CPAs who at least actively market to being crypto CPAs. Yeah, you guys were very early on in the space of kind of, you know, being a, a player in a what, at least in the you know, CPA and tax strategizing side as a, as a blue ocean for you. Yeah. 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 And that's the, that's the fun. It's the challenging part. It's also 
a challenging part. That's lovely. Um, it's a challenging part, but also the thing that's exciting from our end, because so many things in tax law have been established for like 100 years. It's like, okay, well, how do we treat this thing? And you pull up the revenue ruling from 50 years ago, and that's what you go based on. And there's 20 court cases that back that up. With this, the hard part for investors, but the exciting part for me, is that I can't find just a specific piece of guidance and point to that. I have to find something within traditional investing or security, traditional investing or business and that's reasonably analogous to what we're what's happening on the blockchain. So you all you're having to find interpretations of existing case law that seem to match up with the particulars of these blockchain projects. So that's that's so much fun. That like you said, that's like blue ocean. We're just getting to really dig into the projects, come up with our own opinions. But if you're a run-of-the-mill investor and you just want to know, hey, I bought this and I got this, what do I do? It's it's unfortunately vague, the the guidance that's out there um, from the IRS and the legislation from Congress right now. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers customers, leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast that's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial let linkedin sales navigator help you sell like a superstar today just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started so how have you been able to kind of navigate you know what is somewhat pioneering a space of tax strategy and also somewhat navigating the waters of, you know, oncoming regulation and obviously some oversight from the federal government as it sits. Yeah, it's been interesting. Again, largely it comes down to, okay, we've got like five things that the IRS has specifically issued guidance on when it comes to crypto. They've said that mining income is classified as business income, so it's subject to self-employment tax unless you run it through an entity. They've said that hard forks and airdrops, assuming you receive a new token because of them, that's taxable income. They've said you can't do 1031 exchanges, which the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act got rid of that for intangible, or clarified very specifically, you can't do 1031s for intangibles. And then they also said before that, they they issued some guidance saying 2017 and prior also not allowed. 
Uh, they've said right now you don't have to do FBAR filings for your crypto wallets, although that's likely to change. And they've said coin for coin trades are taxable. So if you're trading your Bitcoin for Ethereum, for Solana or whatever, each one of those is a taxable event. But that's kind of it. So you start with that as a baseline and you start with established tax principles and case law as a baseline. And then you, you're kind of going from there. So as an example, when we're looking at node income, for instance, the IRS hasn't issued any guidance on nodes. They haven't issued anything, but they have issued that guidance on mining income. And you look at the particulars of how mining operations work, and they're they're very similar to what you'd be doing with a node. The hardware is different, but similar process. So you can reasonably say, okay, absent any new information, node income is very likely business income. You look at the guidance on airdrops and hard forks, and that's reasonably close to what we're right now at least aligning with how staking income should be taxed. But we tell we tell people, look, the the main thing. With with all this stuff, then we put we wrote a book on this, and I put it in the book. Some of this is sure to be wrong because it is by definition a degree of conjecture, right? There's no way that everything I say in here is right, but here's our reasonable basis for it. So we start with all that, trying to find something to tie it to. The other thing is, and this sounds really simple, but it's weirdly controversial in the crypto space, is just report all your freaking income. Mm. Just report the income because crypto bros, especially think about how crypto started, especially in a sort of this right. like pseudo anarchist thing. And all all these crypto bros like, well, they don't want to report anything. <laughs> I don't want to report anything. And they're like, well, the IRS can never find out because I'm not doing it on my Coinbase account or something that's got a KYC and a know your customer thing where it's going to be reported to them. I'm doing this on a layer two, or I'm, I'm doing this on a DeFi protocol that doesn't report to the IRS, so they'll never be able to find out. And what we always say is that, okay, well, the IRS isn't stupid, and all they have to do, yeah, you're doing all your trading two steps removed from your Coinbase or Binance account. Well, all the IRS has to do is if you get audited, they're going to look at your Binance account and say, hey, you sure, sure are sending a lot of money to this one wallet. Let's go look at that. And then very quickly, they'll realize that that's your wallet. And then they'll very quickly look at the transactions on that wallet and realize you've got a couple hundred thousand or a million dollars of taxable events that you're not reporting. Um, so largely when we're doing our strategizing for other business clients, we're much more, and we still are playing the gray and looking at how aggressive and conservative we can be in given the situation. Normally we skew a little more aggressive than I think a lot of old school CPAs would be. When it comes to crypto, I find myself feeling like one of those really old school CPAs who is like having to preach like this conservatism in your tax strategy because we're just fighting against that crypto bro mentality of like, no, they, they'll never find out. And this is my money and they don't need to know about it. And, you know, if you're trading a couple hundred bucks, are they ever going to find out? Probably not. But that's not what most people are doing. And if they do find out, you're in for a world of hurt. <laughs> How soon on. do you think regulation is going to really come into effect in the crypto space? I think FTX probably accelerated a good two to five years because that was such an... I haven't dug into that as deeply as I should. I've read a decent portion of the ban the initial bankruptcy doc documentation, which was 
pretty hilarious because it's I can't remember his name, but the dude who's the who's the CEO now who is around for Enron. Yeah, yeah saying yeah. that I've n- never in my career have I seen it. Yeah, you know when he bad. says it's bad, it's bad. Um, but it's just such an obvious failure of any sort of internal controls, any customer protections. So I think that's going to that's going to accelerate it a good bit. And I think that's. I think the legislation, the regulation we'll see is probably going to be a little bit overboard, just given that situation. I, I truly believe we need some regulation in, in crypto. And I think that FTX is a good example of some of the very obvious failures that can pop up. I think that regulation is going to be more than we need. But I do think that it accelerating the timeline in some ways is going to be positive. Just because, and again, I'm going back to the tax side, everyone's waiting from the for the IRS to issue additional guidance. Well, the IRS is the IRS is waiting on Congress to to pass legislation mm-hmm. because the IRS can and does come up with their own interpretations, issue them, and then enforce them. But what inevitably happens is someone's going to challenge that interpretation in court, sue they sue them over it, they've got to defend it. The court might disagree with them. So it's a very costly, very time-consuming process the IRS would just as soon avoid, Mm. especially for something like blockchain, where it's so ambiguous in a lot of ways and so rapidly emerging. Do you really want to like put your, you know, this line in the sand for something you maybe don't fully fully appreciate? And even if you do, blockchain developers are really smart and then they tweak their projects to bypass it. So that's at least what we're seeing. There have been several court cases where the one I'll always reference is in Tennessee. This couple sued the IRS saying, hey, we staked Tezos tokens. We don't we paid tax on it, but we don't think we should have. And the whole they only paid like four grand in taxes. The whole reason they did it was to get an opinion from the IRS or the court of how this should be taxed. And the IRS from the beginning just kept trying to kick the can down the road, get it dismissed. And and ultimately, they did get the case dismissed. The way they did it was a little sneaky because the couple on their on the face of the lawsuit was suing for a refund of their 2019 taxes, the, the tax paid on the income. And the IRS said, cool, we'll give you the money back. And the couple said, no, 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 no. It's not about the money. We want an opinion. And the court said, that's not that's not what we're designed to do. You you sued for the money back, you got it back. So that we're seeing that very much with the IRS is just like, please, please, like just let's just push this down the road until Congress implements it. So that's a very long-winded kind of like meandering, rambling answer. But I think it's coming a lot faster than it would have otherwise. And I think at least from the tax standpoint, possibly from the consumer protection standpoint, it's gonna be at least partially a positive thing. When people ask you, you know, can you do my taxes and my crypto or, hey, I've already got a a tax CPA, but should I have a crypto CPA? Should they have, you know, multiple individuals who, you know, are on their tax team being that, you know, we got a lot of people that, you know, own businesses, they've got CPAs and tax strategists, but then there's this you know, this, this chunk, whether it's discretionary fund play money or a a good chunk of their portfolio into crypto. And 
as you know, many people in, you know, the CPA world are still looking at crypto like it's, you know, hieroglyphics right. in a cave, right? And then it's just, they don't understand how to navigate it. What are they looking at? So what are your thoughts around that and how important that is for proper counsel when you have some type of crypto in your portfolio? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think it's relative, to, like anything, I think it's relative to scale to an extent. So if you're, if you're a real estate mogul and you've got you've got $10 million worth of properties and the CPA you work with is just, you know, we've got plenty of clients who are in real estate, but let's say this dude, he does the cost segregation studies for you. Like he is just honed in on real estate taxes. He's just a genius at it. And then you've got 50 grand of Bitcoin. Okay, well, that's not an inconsequential amount of money, but relative to your total portfolio, and especially if you're just holding the Bitcoin and not actively trading or earning income from it, your regular guy can handle that. If 50% of your portfolio is crypto, if you've got a couple hundred thousand stocks and a couple hundred thousand dollars in crypto, and you've got a business that makes 50 grand a year or something, well, all of a sudden, you that big crypto becomes a much more important part of your life and not planning appropriately around it becomes so much more detrimental to you. So I think mostly it's it depends on the scale and the percentage of your portfolio that it takes up. I think it also depends a little bit on what type of crypto you're investing in because if you're just if you're just totaling, you just bought Bitcoin or Ethereum, you said I'm not you should probably be staking your Ethereum, but assuming you're not now, just assume you're just buying and you're putting it in a wallet and you're just leaving it leaving it alone. Well, you don't have any taxable events that are being realized. Even if you do have a bunch, there's not much activity to report. So not a lot of income tax taxable events, not a lot of income tax. But if you're doing nodes, play to earn gaming, you've got a bunch of staking income, you're really actively, you're actively trading. It, depending on the activity you have within that crypto umbrella, that's also going to inform it a little bit too, because you could have $5 million worth of Bitcoin, but you're just, it's just in cold storage somewhere and you're not touching it for 20 years. There's no tax planning I have to do around that until you're looking at disposing it of it. And at that point, we might look at a deferred sales trust. We might look at a charitable remainder trust. There's different things we might look at, but it sounds that sounds basic, but how important is the crypto to your to your life? Yeah, and I think I think that's the biggest determination. And even in the example of the dude who has you know he's got ten million dollars worth of real estate, if you've got a couple hundred thousand dollars of taxable crypto events, I don't want to take over. Mostly, we just do we're all things to all people. We do everything for our clients, but in those cases, I don't want to take over for that that genius in that other industry, but maybe pay us for a couple hours of consulting to just to double check that the the accounting method you're using for your trading. We've had instances before where if you're using a coin tracking program, all of those default to FIFO. And there, there's good reason for that for most people. First and first out is a very good method because it's going to be, you'll be more likely to qualify for long-term capital gains. But if you're a really active trader and you're only holding your stuff for maybe a month, then you don't care about long-term capital gains because you're never going to qualify for them. So doing something like HIFO, which is highest in first out, 
can be very advantageous because it's always pulling the highest cost basis for that token. Mm. We've had people where their taxable income has gone down a couple hundred thousand dollars just by toggling that that option in their coin tracking software. So what are some of those? And you've I know you've dropped, you know, a few nuggets along the way. What are, what are some of the, you know, tax creative tax strategies or loopholes that, you know, may be important to spotlight? They may not yeah. know how to do it without someone like you or an expert in the space, but what are some of those things that, you know, should be potentially explored for certain investors? Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. So depending on the the bucket of income most buck most things for crypto income are just regular investment income so putting them in an entity doesn't give you any inherent benefit but if you have it to where it's classified as business income like mining nodes you can make an argument for play to earn gaming in some instances you're probably going to want to run those through it at scale again you're making 500 dollars. don't do this yeah. but if you're making a fair amount of money you probably want to put those in an entity and Generally, Tavit, Taxus, and S-Corp. Occasionally, maybe a C-Corp. But again, that depends on exactly how long you want, to you want to hold it, where you think corporate tax rates will be in a few years. There's, there's more considerations with a C-Corp than S-Corp. Mm -hmm. But S-Corp can be, an, you're making 100 grand and, and you're not at the social security cap. Probably a no-brainer to have that thing, Taxus and S-Corp. Um, right we don't know how long this is going to survive because this loophole, they've looked at closing this a number of times, but at least for now, crypto isn't subject to the wash sale rule the way that securities are. So that was one of the big pushes we had. We're recording this in January, but in December, where you had a lot of people who got into the market in 2021 or early 2022 who were way underwater under their portfolios. If you had a traditional security, you either have to sell that, wait 31 days, and maybe miss out on all this market exposure, or some stockbrokers will try to hedge against that with something that is close enough to get the market exposure, but not 
functionally identical, but it's still more complicated. With crypto, your token is down, you can sell it, immediately buy it back, but you have a realized loss then. So they've looked at closing closing that a number of times. It's never caught huge traction, but I think with all this greater regulation on the way, I'd be surprised if they pass some big overarching crypto legislation that they don't if they don't close that loophole it would be mm-hmm. it would be kind of conspicuous if they they didn't close it um so that's that's another thing it's at least right now doing tax loss harvesting is really easy with crypto and this was very true in 2022 i don't know how true it will be in 2023 but normally everything tax related you're trying to defer the income right because yep. of time time value of money you just don't there's no reason to pay the tax now if you can spread it out mm-hmm. but for some clients what we found was their crypto so much of their portfolio and their income was related to crypto 2022 is such an atrocious year you don't have the ability to do this with all types of crypto income but sometimes you do have the ability to of when you're going to take that hit and claim the income. So in those instances, we've actually had a lot of clients accelerating their income mm. because yeah, you're paying it now, but you're claiming this income when a token is two cents, not 50 cents. And you're starting your holding period for long-term capital gains. It takes too long to run through the math of how it's beneficial, but we did a an example in one of our blogs where people sold ultimately sold $600,000 worth of tokens. They got the same amount of money, but relative to when they claimed the income, their holding period, how the bucket that they had to claim it in, one person paid about half of the tax that the other person did. Mm. So 2023 will be interesting because we don't know if we're going to have a bull year or another another if we're settling into a crypto winner, if the if we going to have a worse bear market, but those are that, and again, the accounting method of HIFO or FIFO, depending on your your the way you trade, are kind of the like the top hits, I guess. Like if I'm rattling off the bullet points, those are the ones that I think are applicable to most most people. There's other stuff you can get into, but it's so like project or blo- or like chain specific. It's it's pretty useless to discuss on a broader platform. Interesting. Well, I know for people that want to you know get a little bit more technical, obviously we'll include all your information in the show notes and resources. You know how how early do you like to encourage your clients and people to engage with you to actually get the most out of tax planning? If you have a substantial portfolio, we treat our crypto clients the same way we do our business clients. And so for for our business clients, probably for the past five years, we won't even, if you've got a business, we're not even going to take you on just to your tax return. We build into our pricing meet quarterly meetings to check in and plan throughout the year to make sure things haven't caught on fire, to make sure that we're optimizing everything. So if you've got a substantial portfolio, we treat it the same way to where if we don't check in, things can catch on fire. So we have it to where we're checking in throughout throughout the year to make sure we're op- optimizing it. Um, because we got a lot of our marketing pushed out in, in 2021. So people weren't finding us until tw- so 
fair number of people weren't biased until 2022. And the number of people we had who either just had atrocious tax bills because they didn't, we couldn't do anything because the year had closed already, or that just didn't become clients because we did a, a quick dive into what their tax bill is going to be like, and they absolutely could not pay the tax bill. Um, and I don't know what they did with that, but they weren't going to go with the numbers we came up with. Um, we I, Just as a, an example, and I always change the the numbers on this just not to inadvertently give out like client sure. information, but we had one person who made over a million dollars in crypto in 2021. And, but the, they had a, so they had a great year. The, the problem was, is that it was all realized gains, realized taxable events. So it wasn't like it was just the portfolio went up. These were all a million dollars of taxable income, but they didn't cash out any of it. So they just kept whatever the earnings were, they kept rolling it back into the project that was making us all this money. Then the project went down about 95%. Mm. So their portfolio is down 95%. They have a million dollars of income based on what the token was worth in 2021. But in 2022, they didn't, the million dollars was now $50,000. And they've got a tax bill of half a million dollars on that. So there are times that we come in and we, we have brilliant strategies and we just like, man, how did I come up with that? I'm such a genius. Like, and there's other times it's the most basic things of like, Hey, you've got a lot of realized gains. You need to cash those out and set them in a bank account as as you're as you have taxable events. Make sure you're cashing those out because if the market goes down, you don't want to be left holding the bag on yep. this token when it was worth ten times what it will be next year. So that that's the way we treat it. We we have some small time crypto investors, but a lot of those they're coming to us for other reasons. It's people who have businesses and then mm-hmm. they also got crypto. The the crypto clients that are coming to us specifically for crypto, for it to make sense with just the way the way we work, because we are very consultative, it's you you've got to be making six figures for to get a, a return on on what we're going to do for you. Yeah. As an investor, as you know, a fan of the space, what what's your outlook on crypto in 2023 and going forward? I'm atrocious at short-term trends. I found I found that that that's I, I'm a very much a buy and hold investor to a fault. That there are times I should get out and I don't. So I'm like, no, it'll turn around. Or look at how well it's performing. Why on earth would I ever sell this? I, I should cash out more. But I don't know what 2023 will look like, especially just with all the scandals going on. I'm really bullish on the space in in general. At least my guess is that blockchain's here to stay and you see all the use cases and the utility of the tech. I think we're going to move the projects that I'm investing in, the ones that I trust more are ones that are more utility based where it's utilizing the technology versus something where you're trying to replace traditional payment processing and Mm -hmm. act as an actual currency. Because not to say that it couldn't get better and not to say that it that there won't be very viable blockchain payment processing, but at least as a currency so far, crypto has large, largely failed. Yep. And I also think you're more likely to run afoul of regulators and 
central banks who aren't a huge fan of crypto to begin with, I think you're going to get hammered more by that regulation versus if you say, hey, I'm a gaming company that's on the blockchain. Hey, we're you know we're we're a tech company that's you know, we're we're doing X Y Z, but yeah, it's on the blockchain and we power it with nodes and we do this. But that's more you're a tech company then versus something where you're directly or indirectly perhaps combating you know, go going against central banks, and that's just not a battle you're you're likely to to win or at least come out unscathed even if you do survive. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been super interesting, brother. And I know a lot of people are going to want to reach out to you. They're going to want to know more because I know you don't just do crypto tax planning. As you mentioned, you guys do a lot of you know business tax planning and strategy as well. Where is the best place for people to learn more about what you guys got going on? Yeah. So if they're crypto investors, it'll be cryptotaxcpa.com. If if they're not, if they're real estate investors, they're just businesses, our main website is framecpa.com. And then if they are crypto investors, we do have a book we published last year called Decrypting Crypto Taxes. And that's probably good for the people, especially where it doesn't make sense to reach out to us just based on the scale of their, their crypto activity. But they're wondering how to deal with a certain situation because we ba- every chapter is structured basically as an FAQ. Is this taxable? What do I do with this? What, when do I pay tax on that? that that's the way we structured it. Was just to try to make it nice. easily digestible of the, of the core. You know, people can grab the the one question that they have and then put it back on the the shelf when they're done. So, Micah, appreciate you coming on the show today, man. Yeah, man, it's been great. Appreciate it. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that interview. And if you did, all I ask is that you share it with somebody else who maybe needs to hear this today or that could gain some value from something that was talked about or discussed in today's interview. You just never know one piece of information, a conversation, a tool, a resource can completely transform and change the trajectory of someone's life or their business. So if you get any kind of value or you want to support the show, all we ask is that you help us organically get this in front of more people. Also, for those of you who are really looking to accelerate your wealth building journey, and unlock more financial freedom, get more time back, and just level up your life, your business, your finances, be sure to head over to therichlifeacademy.com to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family, whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, courses from our guests, all kinds of free content, downloads, checklists, upcoming event info, and how you can connect with us live, in person, all kinds of great valuable tools. You can get that over at therichlifeacademy.com. Last but not least, I always want to know, who do you guys want to hear me interview next? Let me know. Shoot me a text at 844-447-1555. With that being said, until next time, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friend.